chapter number six, all right, First Corinthians chapter number six tonight, and uh, we're going to be talking about something that uh, is very important to me, and uh, we're a little bit over a month away from our first week of camp, and uh, I thought right now would be a good time to talk a little bit about camp and uh, why camp is important, because it's a, it's a question I get rather often anytime we get close to camp season. Uh, we start promoting it, and, and inevitably I'll have some of you guys that will say, well, I've been going to camp ever since I was really young, and uh, I've already been there so many years, and do I really need to go again this year? You know, I know most of the games, or I know uh, how the uh, facilities are, and, and uh, I've just been there so many times. I mean, I can run camp if Jason gets sick, and, and sometimes we get that kind of uh, idea about camp. But we miss why camp is so important, and I thought I would talk about that tonight, of why uh, camp is so important in our lives. And so we're going to talk about that really quick. We'll just put the, uh, uh, the notes up for you, and, uh, and that way we'll jump into this tonight. And the first passage we're going to be looking at is going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, all right? But uh, before we get started, why don't we ask... Uh, for the Lord and a word of prayer. By the way, if you need pens, yes, before we pray, uh, Brother Robert's going to be passing out pens. If you need pen, raise your hand high, and, uh, and that way uh, he'll be able to see you and get you a pen uh, as quickly as possible, and, uh, and we can jump right into this lesson as we, uh, as we answer this question, why camp is so important to attend, all right? Why camp is so important to attend? 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 is where we're going to be looking in our Bibles. So 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 will be our first passage, and then we'll jump into a couple more passages as we do our very best to answer this question this evening. So why don't we start with a word of prayer, though, and uh, just keep your hand up during the prayer if you uh, need that pen. And Brother Robert, as we're praying, we'll, uh, we'll see your hand. We'll get one right to you. You can keep your eyes open if you need a pen. Uh, and make sure that Robert's doing that. But everyone else, we can bow in prayer and, uh, and get prepared for tonight to receive what God has, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this evening. Thank you once again for the wonderful praise that we were able to, uh, to sing to you tonight. And it really was uh, just beautiful to, to praise your name and to exalt you. Because, Father, you are worthy to be worshipped. But now tonight, as we jump into your word, I pray that we would be ready to receive your word tonight. I pray that you would take out any distractions that we might have, whether they be uh, related to school or our home or to just our friends and relationships. I pray that tonight we would be just focused on your word and that we would allow your spirit to speak to us tonight. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. As we jump into this question, why is Camp Loma de Vida so important to attend? We, we have some answers that sometimes you hear people give. Sometimes I'll ask someone and they'll say, well, I think it's important to attend because I have a lot of fun there and I, I want to go to where it's fun. And that might be a good answer, but it's not the answer or the reason, the primary reason of why it's important for you to go. And this is not in your notes, but I'm just going to share some of these answers. Sometimes people say, uh, it's just not to be bored at home. I'll talk to a parent and I'll ask them, why are they sending their teenager to camp? And they'll say, well, I just, I don't want them to be at home bored all the time, the, the whole summer for three months. So I'm going to send them to camp and maybe they'll have some fun there. 
Uh, sometimes people answer this question by saying, well, uh, we want to send, uh, we, we want to go to camp uh, just to deprive everyone of television and Netflix. You know, you got to get away from technology. There's too much technology. So we view camp as a way to sort of disconnect from technology or society uh, in general. And, and sometimes we look at camp that way, but that's not really the reason that going to camp is important. Sometimes people say, well, it's just to go and make some new friends. I'd like to go and, and get to know some other people from other churches, some other teens, and, and connect that way. And though that might be good, that's still not a really good reason to go to camp. Because for all of those reasons, people say, well, I already have friends, and I don't really uh, watch a lot of television, and I'm not really into Netflix that much. Some, probably, some people say, well, I'm not even that bored. I, I have a lot of fun at home. I'm not going to go. And, and some people say, well, I already have fun in my life. I don't really need to go to camp to have that kind of fun. Uh, and, and others are, are very cynical, and they'll be like, well, we just need to go to, to live like cavemen for a week. We don't have phones. We don't have anything. We have just camp food, and, and uh, we sort of rough it out there. And, and sometimes we look at camp that way. But can I say that's not the purpose of camp, to go and, and see what life would be like without a phone like we're living in 1985. That's not what the purpose of camp is. The purpose of camp is so much more important than any of these reasons, much more important than any of these answers. And, and I could give you a one-word answer to say, why is camp so important to go to? It would be this one answer, and it would be this one word, sanctification. Sanctification. You see, the word sanctification is a word that's used many times in the Bible, and it simply means this. It means to be set apart. It comes from the word that we get the word holy from. Holy means to be set apart. Sanctification means the same thing, to be set apart. In other words, to not be mixed with something. Now, this is in your notes. Did you know in life, there are some things, and in your Christian life, what I'm talking about, in your Christian life, there are some things that just do not mix, that do not mix. In your Christian life, the world ought not to mix with you. Now, when I say the world, I'm not talking about what we wear because uh, the world wears T-shirts and we wear T-shirts. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a philosophy of life. The, the Bible talks about the world in the sense of its philosophy, of how it rules itself, of how it governs itself. And when... I talk about the Christian life. We're talking about a life that pleases God while the world's philosophy is a life that pleases self. Someone has said two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. That's exactly what the Christian life is. It's pleasing God and living for the world means I'm living for myself. And those things cannot mix. If you'll Study the scripture, you'll find that the Christian life is all about everything else, everyone else. You ought to love others and you ought to serve others. It's all about selflessness. But a life of the world is all about selfishness. It's all about what I can get. It's about where, what's going to make me happy and, and how far can I get in my own life and what success can I bring to myself. And so those two philosophies cannot mix. And uh, to illustrate that, I've, I've brought a little bit of water and a little bit of oil. And if you didn't know this, 
Water and oil do not mix. Brother Robert, will you come and help me real quick and maybe pour some oil in here for me while I, while I talk a little bit about it. But if you don't know about the qualities of water and oil, they don't mix. Yeah, you can pour it back there. It's fine. Um, no matter what you do, when you put oil with water, it's going to separate. It's, it's different. The, the qualities cannot mix. Now, that's important for us to understand this evening because sanctification is all about not mixing with the world. The Christian life is all about saying, my life is going to be lived for God, it's dedicated to God, and I'm going to follow what God's Word says, and I'm not going to do what the world thinks is right. And I really don't care what the world says is cool or what the world says is a great experience. I'm just going to trust that God has what is best for me. Now, those things, those two thoughts, those two philosophies cannot mix. They can. Eventually, it separates. Thank you. Eventually, it separates. And you can do all that you can to mix it like this, and you can shake it and say, yes, I, I want to have a little bit of the world in my life, and I want to be a Christian and be a little bit of the world. And for a little bit, it looks like, oh, yes, it, it does mix. But you give it enough time it'll always separate because oil and water do not go. They're set apart. In our Christian life, you ought to be set apart. You ought to be like the water that's a little bit more pure and transparent, not like the oil. In our life, the reason that camp is so important is it helps us to be sanctified. You know, throughout the school year, you get surrounded by a lot of different things. You get a lot, uh, surrounded by a lot of different philosophies, a lot of worldly philosophies. You get a lot of ideas from friends and people that aren't always the best ideas. And if you're not careful, their ideas start to seep into your life and into your mind, into your thinking. And suddenly things that you didn't think were that cool years ago suddenly become very cool. Things that you knew were wrong and things that were not pleasing to God that you, you said, I'll never do that, I'll never go there, suddenly start to be very attractive. And you start to get very curious, like, I wonder if it's really that bad. I mean, is it really that big of a deal? Or, or is it my church just making it a big deal when it shouldn't be a big deal? And sometimes it begins to mix, and what camp does is that it helps us to separate once again. It helps us to get set apart. It's a truth that's so important for us to understand tonight of why it's so important to go to camp. It helps us to be sanctified. Now, there's two main truths about sanctification in the Christian life. I want to talk to you about them really quick this evening. Number one, the Bible teaches us about personal, or positional, I'm sorry, sanctification. Positional sanctification. Now, Positional sanctification has to do with this. It has to do with God's completed work in me. Now, the moment that you get saved, you're sanctified. You're set apart. The moment that you and I are saved, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God actually comes and indwells in us. All right? It converts our body into its temple. And now the Spirit of God lives or indwells in us, all right, within our spirit. It has communion with our spirit. 
in that moment, the moment that you get saved, you become God's child, and now the Spirit of God lives within you. Now, I want you to notice there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I told you that would be the first passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse number 11. It says, and such were some of you, that's in the past tense, some of you were like this in the past, but then they were washed. In other words, they were saved, they've been forgiven, they've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And he says, but now you're washed, and then he says, and you're sanctified, that means you're set apart, and you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Paul was telling the, the Christians there at Corinth, listen, when you got saved, positionally you're sanctified, you're different, you're set apart. You became water, and now the world is oil that's different from you. You're separated. You're set apart. You're sanctified. It's God's work that he did on the cross for you and for me. He made us different, and we are different. So positional sanctification has to do with what God did on the cross. When I accepted him as my Savior, it was because of what he did, not because of what I did. I just simply received him. I just asked him, will you forgive me? God, will you be my savior? That right then made me a child of God. And it caused the spirit of God to be within me. And now it is who I am. Okay, it's who I am. It's who you are. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, then you are sanctified. You're set apart. You're different. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that you're a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it's a mixture that is so, so different that when you become, and when the Spirit of God comes in and dwells you, there's no separating it. We are one forever. The Bible says that the Spirit of God becomes that, that earnest of our faith. It becomes that thing that keeps us binded to Him. Some people ask, can I lose my salvation? If, if, if someone, if I was saved and, and I did something wrong, will I stop being a Christian and being saved? And the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no, it is because we have been mixed, if you will, with the Spirit of God and there's no separating us. We become a new creature. Positionally, we're set apart. Now to illustrate this, I've brought... Hershey's uh, syrup chocolate, which is really, really good. You can put this on ice cream. You put it on anything, it just makes it better, all right? Like if you cut yourself tomorrow, just put some syrup on it. It'll feel much better. It's delicious, all right? And then I got some milk, which is uh, also a different um, property here. This, I don't even know how the process of milk comes to this bottle, but I know it comes out of cows, right? That's all I know. So you got milk and you got syrup, and they're two different, really, properties in and of themselves. You, you can eat the syrup, and it doesn't really taste like milk, and you can drink the milk, and it really doesn't taste like syrup. But one thing that you can do is that you can take the syrup, and you can pour it into your milk. How many of you guys have done this? Oh, my goodness. I better drink some of this. This stuff is really good. Sorry. All right. So you put all this syrup in there. Yeah, you can see it on the bottom. That looks really good. And if you do the same thing like you did with oil and water, and you just begin to mix it, just like I was doing with the oil and water, you know what happens? They mix perfectly. And they create a new drink. You know what we call this drink? 
chocolate milk. It's like the greatest milk ever. It's better than the strawberry milk. And you know, Matt, you know what's funny is that no matter how long I leave it here, or leave it here like this, just sitting there, do you know that the syrup won't separate from the milk? And if I ask one of you, and if I promise to give you $10 million, if you can separate the syrup from the milk, you won't be able to do it. It's a new property. It's something new. If I asked you, can you pour out some of the oil? You probably could. If I said, can you separate the oil from the water? You probably could pour out most of the oil and, and still pour out some of the water somewhere else. You could probably separate this pretty easily, but you can't do it with this. And positional sanctification is becoming chocolate milk. The Spirit of God indwells us, and now we're a new creature. There's no separating us from God. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, what can separate us from the love of God? But what? There, there's nothing. Can, can height or depth or, 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 or any other thing separate us from the love of God? He said, not, there's nothing. That's what we sang about with reckless love. There's nothing that separates us from it. We become new creatures. This is who we are. This is called positional sanctification. But the question always comes, well, if we're so set apart, how come I still sin? How come I still do wrong? How come there's Christians that still can live a life that's not very Christian-like? How does that happen? Well, that's the second aspect of sanctification, and it's called practical sanctification. Personal, that's who I am. That's what God did on the cross. He made me a new creature. That was God's completed work. But practical sanctification has to do with God's progressive work in my life. God's progressive work. This is the process that happens from the moment I got saved for the rest of eternity. We're going to be in this process. This process of becoming sanctified in not who we are, but in how we live. This is God's progressive work. Now, I want you to notice uh, that in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and really, I'm just going to give you the, uh, the passage. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, if you read that chapter, you'll find it's God's will that we live differently. And the reason that we are to live differently is because we are different. Okay? When He saved you, He made you different. He made you sanctified. You were washed. You're justified. So now we're different. And now you're to live differently. You're, li you're to live who you are. It's kind of like when you go to the police academy. Every officer has to go and study in the police academy to find out what the laws are, to find out what the rules and regulations are. But once you go through that academy, now you can be a police officer. Now, because you've graduated from the academy, someone can, uh, one department can give you a job and you can actually live out the life of a police officer and you can make arrests and you can get in the police car and you can pull people over. You have this authority. Now you get to live out what you, what you strove to be. That's practical sanctification. It's that progressive work. It is living who I am. It's living who I am. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who died for me. What Paul was saying is simply this, of practical sanctification. He's saying, Jesus died on the cross, 
put his spirit in me when I accepted him as my savior. And now as I live the rest of my life, I'm not living to do what I want to do. That's the world's philosophy. Now I'm living what God wants me to do. That's the Christian philosophy. That's the oil and water. It just doesn't mix. And so now Paul said, listen, that I used to live for myself. I used to do what I wanted to do. I used to think the way I wanted to think. But when God made me sanctified, I changed all of that. And now I just live for what God lives for. I want to please God, my Savior. Now in that process of sanctification, there's, there's a lot that God begins to work in our lives. And once again, I want to say that I was so happy to hear some of the testimonies as Jason was sharing with me from last week from what many of you shared. What you shared was what God is doing in your life. That's called progressive sanctification. That's that practical sanctification there. God's progressive work in us. Man, it's, it's thrilling to hear what God is doing. And it's funny because of all the testimonies, not two of them were the exact same. They're all different. God's working differently in, in Josue's life than he is in Kiara's life. In each life, there's something different that God is doing, but God is working. And you say, well, Pastor Jeremy, okay, I get sanctification, the positional and the practical. What does that have to do with camp? It has a lot to do with camp. Coming back to our question, why is camp so important? Why do I need that in my life? Here's why. Here's what camp does for you quickly. Number one, there in your nose. You need to go to camp for the cleansing from sin in my life. After a year of having all that philosophy and having all that mixture coming into our lives, we need a time, we need to get away and let God begin to work and separate some things in our life. We need to let the Spirit of God begin to cleanse us. I like uh, what a lady, uh, uh, she, she went up to Billy Sunday, he was a, a great evangelist in the 1920s, a, a man that was greatly used by God to move America here, and, and he would do evangelist meetings, revival meetings all the time. And this lady went and asked him, she said, well, Billy, you know, I, I've heard you preach and thousands of people get saved, but he, she, she said, you, you do that one year and then you come back the next year and you do it again. Why do you keep coming back every year and preaching and preaching and preaching and, and it just seems like uh, things never change? Why do you keep doing it over and over? And Billy Sunday looked at this lady and, she said, and he said, uh, why do you take a bath every day? You say, we get dirty every day. We need a bath to get cleansed. And the reason we need to go to camp, it's not just for fun. It's not to make friends. It's just we need a time of cleansing, a time to let God begin to separate some things in our life. Just like we have a time of cleansing every day when we wake up, we need a time of that in our spiritual life. Let me give you a second reason. Number two, for closer communion with God. There's something about being at camp and in your cabin, and if you've experienced it, you know. There's just something about drawing close in that week to God. Many of the young people that I talk to after a week of camp say, man, I feel closer to God than I've ever been in my life. There's something about that camp week that makes you uh, just do that devo and, and really take time to pray and, and really schedule your day around the Word of God. And it does something for you. It brings you closer to him. Listen, you can't do that all, the, all your life. I wish I could just take a week and, and, and leave and, and, and do that at camp, but you can't. 
Uh, you, you, you grow up, you get a job, you, you get a life, you get a, a family, you have kids, and, and it gets harder and more difficult to do that. And, and that's why it's so important to take time now. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days come nigh, before they get into your life, the difficult days, the dark days, the tough days. You need to get to camp just to have some communion with God, something that says, I just need to get closer to God. There's an old hymn that says, nothing between my soul and my Savior. Going to camp gives you that time where you can have some close communion with God. And then I'll give you the final reason this evening, and that's for preparation and service. God's sanctifying process prepares us to serve. It prepares us to serve. When you get there at camp, you, you get a time of cleansing in your life. You get a time where uh, your communion with God, your relationship with God becomes closer, and suddenly now you get back to, to church, and now you're ready to serve. I, I, I wish we could just kind of make that a requirement. Like, you can't teach a Sunday school class until you've had a week of camp. I guarantee you it would change our Sunday school attitudes for teachers. It would change the way we worship in the sanctuary on Sunday morning if we just came back from a week at camp. It's unbelievable. It's amazing what will happen when we allow God to cleanse us in our life and as we get closer to God, suddenly serving Him isn't so difficult. And that's what camp does. It prepares us to serve. If you were to ask me, why do you think it's important for me to go to camp? I would say for sanctification. It's a time when you can have cleansing in your life. It's a time when you get closer to God. And it's a, it's a time when God can prepare you to serve Him. Man, I, I hope when this decision comes this summer, you don't have to start battling like, should I go? Should I not go? Who's going to go? Who's going to be in my cabin? Listen, forget all of that. It ain't important. This is important. Focusing on the fact that I need cleansing, focusing on the fact of getting closer to God, you can do it. I heard of this little girl that was, um, she was asking to be a, a member at a church, and she was talking to this deacon, and the deacon of the church asked her, um, well, have you, um, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Were, were you a sinner before you received the Lord Jesus into your life? And she said, yes, sir, I, I, I believe I was. And he said, well, are you still a sinner? And she said, well, to tell you the truth, I, um, I feel like I'm a greater sinner now than before. And he said, wait, you feel like you're a greater sinner now? Then, then what change have you experienced? How do, you, how do we know as a church that you're saved? And she said, well, I can't really explain it, sir. She said, but... The only thing that I can think of telling you is that before I got saved, I was running with sin. I was running to sin. She said, but now that I'm saved, I run away from sin. Why do you need to go to camp? Sanctification. We all need that. We need a time of cleansing, of coming closer to God, and being prepared to serve Him. Young people, I want to encourage you. Don't make it a, maybe I'll go this summer, maybe I'll not. No, make the decision tonight. You know what? I'm going to go. I need it. I need it. And God will bless you for it.